Hello, and welcome to the Art of the Cut podcast, brought to you in partnership with Boris Effects and our sponsor, Jump Desktop. I'm Steve Holfish, ACE. I'm a working film, TV, and documentary editor. Over the last nine years, I've done more than 400 interviews with the world's best editors. Welcome to Episode 7 of Season 10. I've been using Boris FX products for 30 years, and I'm proud to partner with them to bring you some great filmmaking content. Today on Art of the Cut, we're talking with editor Laurent Seneschal, who is nominated for an Oscar for Best Editing and an Ace Eddie for his work on the Oscar Best Picture nominee, Anatomy of a Fall. His previous work for the last nearly 20 years has been in French and European TV and features. Before I hop into our discussion with Laurent, a brief thank you to our sponsors. Jump Desktop is a high-performance and secure app that lets you virtually connect to your editing bay as if you were physically there. Keep all your assets in one place and connect to your powerful editing base from anywhere. Jump Desktop's high-performance remote desktop protocol lets you edit from any low-powered laptop. With end-to-end encryption, native support for macOS and Windows, and multi-monitor support, you can be productive from anywhere. Jump Desktop also has collaborative screen sharing for collaboration with your team. See what thousands of editors have been using to get their work done from across the world. Visit jumpdesktop.com cut to begin your free no-limits 14-day trial today. And to our partner, Boris Effects. I've been using Boris Effects and Sapphire for 30 years, so they're not just a sponsor to me. I feel like they've been a partner in my cutting room for decades, helping me to deliver on the creative vision of my clients, directors, and producers. For all of us, our work is about bringing a creative idea to the screen, and for me, Boris Effects is one of the important tools that I use to do that. To see how they can help you on your latest project, head on over to borisfx.com and check out the Boris FX suite, which includes Sapphire, Continuum, Mocha Pro, Silhouette, and Optics, all in a low-cost monthly or annual subscription. If you want to read this interview with great visual support, you can go to borisfx.com slash blog slash AOTC. That site also has other great filmmaking content, so keep that bookmarked. And now, Oscar-nominated editor Laurent Seneschal discusses editing the Oscar Best Picture-nominated film, Anatomy of a Fall. Congratulations on uh, your Ace Eddie nomination and editing an Oscar-nominated Best Picture. Yeah, thank you. It's amazing. What, what's happening is really amazing for me. One of the things that I was interested in, uh, one of the first creative questions I had was, A Man Dies. Why was it chosen or was it in the script that we do not see him before he dies? The, the idea was to start like a thriller movie in the starting point of the, of the idea. But uh, what we were uh, aiming here was to use this genre movie to lead the audience as far as possible in, in the complexity with our characters. Because it's a movie where you see that it's really not straight, the point of view that you have about, around this woman, the, what is love, what is to be a father, what is to be a son. It's really complex. So you are going to see a thriller movie, but uh, an unusual one. I think that was the idea for, for the script. We had to also pay attention to this idea during the editing process. Like many thrillers, there's a pacing of the revelations, the things that are discovered about the death. Did you find when you were editing that the pacing of those revelations needed to change from the way they are in the script? Yes, not a lot, but it was really important to be precise on these uh, 
elements because it was really hard to maintain this kind of ambiguity around Sandra Voiter, the role. We didn't want to play a game, having the audience feeling that she's guilty and then uh, for 15 minutes uh, she's not guilty. And uh, We didn't want that game. We, we wanted the audience to keep their doubts around her, but to start to be endeared by her and to start to be with her, to be in, in these intimate rooms with her. And it was uh, the challenge for Justine to ask the audience to do both, keeping doubt, but having her like the main character and uh, ask the audience to love her, to be with her during the courtroom, for instance. It was hard to do because a slight detail could derail this contract between the audience and the movie. For instance, uh, we had a very beautiful scene. The scene is still in the movie, but we had to redesign it a lot. Uh, when she's drinking with the lawyer uh, at night, they are in a kind of a lightness at the beginning of the scene, but the scene was very long. It was 10 minutes uh, lasting scene, very like in a love story. Uh, they were talking about the past between the lawyer and her. In fact, when we had this great scene that everybody loved in the editing room and even the producers in the mechanics of the, the trial, when we had this scene like that, she was becoming really manipulative and we couldn't stay with her uh, in the courtroom when she was having very great feelings around her boy, uh, around handicap and all this. It was like, oh no, she's playing again. She's wants, She wants to seduce the jury, you know. So it was really... Um, important for us and hard sometimes to create this path for the audience not to think that she's too innocent or too guilty uh, it was really important there's a famous saying with uh, script writers that you start the scene as late as possible and you get out of the scene as early as possible and i felt that was a, one of the great things about this movie was that that was true. Can you talk about tightening scenes from the beginning and from the end, or were they scripted like that? Uh, some of them maybe were scripted almost like that, but it's something that Justine is really uh, living when she's writing and editing. So we had to do it uh, even more than in the script. It was not something that we discovered. It was a part of the movie. Some of this way to be into a scene, for instance, when the boy is in front of the investigation uh, judge, we are already into the video of the justice. <laughs> the interview um, has uh, started uh, yet. So that was uh, written, but not in the video. <laughs> uh, it was supposed to be uh, with uh, white shots and uh, uh, you were supposed to understand. But with Justine, we wanted to uh, pop into it to have the audience be surprised. And also it has to be a bit harsh and rough the way we did things in the movie. Because she wanted to be close to a documentary. She wanted us to have the feeling that we were in front of pieces of uh, reality, as in a real uh, trial uh, or in a real room. Uh, she, she wanted it to be like realistic, you know. Is that direction that she gave you before you started seeing dailies so that as you process dailies, you would know that's the way you should treat them or rushes? For this movie... We decided not me to make an assembly before she is in the editing room. She was crazy about this step <laughs> previously. It's the third thing we do together. And uh, I lost her for uh, maybe two weeks previously. Uh, as soon as she were in front of a rough cut, she's so into acting. Uh, Justine is uh, really like uh, a bit mad about that. She cannot see uh, something that she didn't uh, really choose and 
or selected, she has to do all the, the journey with me. She wants to be there. It's a, a method that takes time, <laughs> but uh, it's the faster way with her because she, she has to be there. Even if she's really listening to what I'm feeling and my choices, she needs to be there when I do that. So since that's an unusual way to work, can you explain how the process actually worked? So she shot the entire film. Were you watching them at all during that time, or did you wait until the whole production was done? I was watching the dailies when she was shooting, but we were maybe having a chat with the phones once a week, but not, not more. It was about maybe some things that she had to know uh, before shooting uh, something, but it was... Like, uh, are you sure it's going to work? Uh, they are asking me to cut something. Can you tell me if you are okay with that? It was that kind of large conversation. It was not like we, we were beginning the editing process. She really know how she is now. <laughs> we decided that it, it was going to start after the, the, the shooting. Our method is uh, really simple. I, I adapt to her. Uh, so we are watching all the, the material uh, for each scene. And we are having uh, lines and columns in the in the paper, and we are uh, putting like uh, plus 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 when it's good, <laughs> and uh, uh, not to see again <laughs> when it's uh, really bad. <laughs> we call this our market. We are going to the market to find where is the good material. It's the main goal for her: the acting, the performances of the actor. We are starting like that. She doesn't want the ideas to compress the um, vivid uh, thing. Uh, that she can have uh, without ideas. So she wants to select parts of life, of reality uh, in the acting. She wants to be moved by the characters uh, before thinking about what I'm going to say with it. She wants to be in front of people alive. You know, <laughs> This is a very long method, but uh, we are like digging galleries into the material and um, you uh, trying every options and uh, at some point we have a scene and then we go to the next scene and we are looking maybe 20 minute sections uh, 30 minute sections before going um, to the next scenes these are becoming movements like in music and we are editing sections by sections the beginning is really um, a working uh, process and uh, very long and uh, not fun at the beginning it, it's fun because the the, the rush is uh, the material was really good uh, and we were happy to to have all this, but all come from the acting that we choose. There was a word in there that I didn't catch. You said you were digging something in the material. You were digging galleries. We are um, discovering what is going to be good. It's like if the material were a stone, a huge stone. Does it also help you that you're working linearly instead of editing uh, scene 14, scene 26, scene 3? Yeah, this is one of the advantages in this uh, situation. After, when you are not making an assembly, you can uh, edit uh, linearly. It could be really great. You, you can see it uh, step by step. It can be great to, to, to do that. I would have been scared uh, not to have this assembly edit if the scripts were not like that. Because it's a trial, it was easier for me to know where about we were we were not lost in this script because the it was like solid it was not uh, everything is possible because uh, with Justine so many things are uh, <laughs> can, can be done you know when you are an editor it's uh, it's hard not to have walls <laughs> you, you you have to close some doors <laughs> 
the script was fine to be lost a little, you know. One of the things that I am always fascinated with is the discussion of when to be on the person talking and when to be on a reaction. Can you think of an example? When do you make that choice of when to be off the person speaking? Uh, because we are choosing with this uh, method, the material, you are uh, putting pieces together. You are trying to make a, an edit uh, to cut it properly, but sometimes it's not working a lot. Step by step, you are improving even weird things. You are like touching it a little, but uh, sometimes Justine doesn't want you to touch too much because she said she wants you to keep this smile till the end because Sandra Euler is a, is a very amazing actress. Uh, we could be uh, on her uh, very long when she's listening. That was great because uh, sometimes it was a way to redesign uh, other actors uh, around her, uh, even if uh, the cast is great. But uh, Justine is so into details uh, when, when, when everyone is speaking. We, we really had to use every tools to, to have the better acting. Give you an example, for instance, when the prosecutor is asking the student in the first courtroom scene, did you know that she was uh, bisexual? I asked uh, Justine, are you sure you don't want a, a shot on Sandra uh, for this uh, <laughs> dialogue uh, just after to see uh, how she reacts to this um, information uh, given to the courtroom, you know? She told me, no, but the prosecutor is so great. Let, let's stay there. We kept the, the prosecutor in <laughs> during this uh, dialogue. But sometimes, of course, she understands that uh, we have to redesign things and to make it all work. And then, yeah, I, I, I do my, my, my job to make all of this uh, work. And um, Because the very long scenes, uh, for, for instance, the 20-minute uh, scene at the end uh, of the trial, um, when they are talking about literature and all this, uh, after the fight, there is a very long scene. Uh, of course, you, you cannot... Uh, uh, be boring. You you have to surprise the audience to uh, find new angles because Justine is at the beginning very intuitive and very into acting. But when the the movie is uh, improving, she's rather like everyone. She wants it to work, and she can see that we have to cook things and not only put them all together. We have to to edit something that is uh, becoming fluid. In one hand, we are fluid. On the other hand, we are raw, rough, and uh, it's a strange edit. The weird things comes from uh, Justine's way of choosing the material, you know, and the fluid um, things uh, that you are feeling um, is uh, the the time on the craft we are trying to make these ideas work. It's really artisanal uh, what we are doing. It's 40 weeks on it <laughs> to make it work. It's sometimes hard for the editor because Justine is uh, really into acting, acting and for her, editing is going to work if the acting is okay. Uh, of course, it's uh, <laughs> more complicated. Uh, there's a section in the trial where a recording of a fight is being played in court, and it starts with just the audio recording, but then it jumps to flashbacks of the actual fight, and at some point it comes back to the courtroom. Can you talk about the choice of when to be on various elements, when to be in the courtroom, and when to be on the actual fight? Um, when I read... The script the first time, I, I was uh, asking uh, Justin and Arthur, 
uh, are you sure you are going to do this flashback? Because I understand that it's too long to stay in the courtroom with an, uh, only the audio. Which point of view is that? And uh, are you sure it's going to work? Because in the script, it was like a cut. I asked them to shoot in a way that we will have options. We can stay long in the, in the courtroom before going in the flashback. Because I knew that it was going to be tricky this uh, this moment for me, and uh, they they had the long shots, very long shots, not the length of the fight, but very long shots on Sandra Euler, for instance, and the also the the audience of the courtroom. What I discovered is that what worked uh, was to be longer enough for the audience to be a bit lazy. The audience starts to be used to this uh, audio thing. And uh, when you are like, okay, I understood, uh, I go into the, the images and uh, <laughs> it's too late because it's very catchy. The, the fight is, uh, they are really playing and uh, the scene is good. So it's strange to be there, but you are um, very uh, soon taken by, by the, the fight itself. So it, it worked like that, <laughs> but uh, I didn't know it, it was going to work, you know. And for the coming back in the courtroom, um, we wanted it to be, at the highest, uh, at the climax of the of the fight, but the climax was worse uh, because what she is saying to her husband is so harsh. It's uh, really violent. The words are like weapons, and uh, we wanted to come back here as the in the beginning of the movie. The violence, it's what you cannot really uh, see in this movie. It's uh, uh, this is the contract. We are we are contradictory in a way. Uh, making this uh, flashback because it's nobody's point of view, you know. <laughs> it's only cinema thing. It's a brave uh, cinema gesture, you know. <laughs> but it's not uh, the point of view of uh, someone. It, it was uh, great to have this man vivid and this debate around time, couple, what is to be an, indi an individual in a couple, how to balance this, what is the truth about what we are living in a couple, in what version of us are you living? This is the heart of the movie. It, it was great to have um, images and not only sound here, but violence is uh, what we choose not to screen when it comes to hands and, um, and violent uh, gestures. Yeah, we, we, we go back in the courtroom with the boy and we go again with our movie, with the contract of the, the movies. The other intercutting that I'm very interested in is the son remembering a discussion in the car with his dad. Did you have a recording of the actual dad talking in the car? All we heard was the son reconstructing the conversation. What was um, shot was the, the father talking with the son. In the script, it was not chosen. We didn't know if it was going to be the voice of the boy in the courtroom or the voice of the father or both voices in the car. There was also, in, for this scene, another, uh, another Daniel, another uh, boy, dressed like in the courtroom, but in the car. Ah, very interesting. At the back of the car, and he was uh, like talking as in the courtroom for many dialogues. We had all these uh, options to build this uh, scene. But it was too complicated. It was like in a very uh, experimental movie, you know, three Daniels at least uh, in this scene, it was too much because it's really complex. And we wanted to reach complexity in what the boy is living, what he's doing. We wanted the audience to understand how complex it was, but we wanted to do it in a, 
very uh, accessible uh, way. So we had to avoid and to cancel all uh, um, huge ideas. I had several shots for the father and we kept only a close-up, very simple. He's happening maybe twice and um, that's it. Uh, it was on ADR that we did the uh, lip sync for uh, the voice of the boy on the face of the father. What was shot was possible, but we had to cut uh, too much on the sound, so it, we could not uh, use it really. But the boy was uh, growing and his voice was changing, so <laughs> we did this ADR very early. It was tricky uh, for the sound mixer to have it work, but they were great. <laughs> uh, the case concludes. Uh, we won't give that away. But then there's an epilogue. So you would think, you know, some movies would end, the court case ends, and you have some time after that uh, verdict. Talk to me about the decision of how long to play the movie out after the verdict happens. It was really a challenge at the end of the editing this because the last thing to tell was that after that, what is going to be their life? The mother and the son. We could not do the same as as in the beginning. We had to show what is going to be their reconnection and their days and maybe years after that. What was too much after two hours and a half was a very long scene in the restaurant. You know, they were drinking a lot, uh, the lawyers and, um, and Sandra. And um, the idea was that it was so hard for her to come back in the house and face the boy, that uh, she was uh, always asking for more alcohol and more uh, dishes. And, uh, and um, the scene was great. Of course, as often, a scene can be great, but we had to really cut it a lot because uh, this was too much. And what we kept was some lightness. How, with the lawyer, they are starting to quit uh, each other because it's the end. Even if you are having a, an ambiguous relationship with your lawyer, when the verdict has come, it's the end. It's really beautiful what's happening. Uh, the, the chemistry between them at the end of the restaurant is really beautiful. But we had to compress the restaurant scene because the very end of the end is what's happening in the room of the boy when they are all together again. And when we killed every line. We only have now, uh, I was scared to, to come back and uh, he's answering me too, I guess. But all the lines were killed and we have only a boy and the mother, some looks. And it's very complex, but it's, um, for me, it's, uh, it's really nice when at the end, there is no words to understand all the complexity. And, and I think that the audience uh, have uh, feelings here. It's great because it was not for sure that it was going to work. This complexity and emotion at the end of uh, such a movie, you know. For us, it was great to discover that the audience were um, with us that far. We really thought that the movie were going to be like hard for the audience. We didn't know it, it was going to be like that. It's really great what's happening around the, the movie. I like the fact that you can, as an audience member, you can impose your thoughts on that scene you know if there were words and they spoke them and you knew what they were thinking then that would be how you would feel about the scene but i can think about the scene however i want because they don't say much yes also it's fragile it's better not to say too much it's um really precious and fragile what they are uh, going to to have the connection is a uh, 
It's not easy. It's not easy. So in that scene where they're in the restaurant when they're having their dinner with the lawyers, did you cut it originally the way it was scripted and then it was only in context or after several weeks or months of living with it that you said, ah, it's got to be shorter? I cut it pretty long because it was really about impro. Uh, the, the actors were, were free to act uh, with uh, what they felt. <laughs> so I had like a documentary uh, scene to, to edit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was really good, but uh, it was hard for uh, Justine. It's the, the only scene where she she left me uh, uh, and uh, I had two days to do something. At the beginning, it was very long, but that's what she wanted because uh, it was a really great scene. Very, uh, And even for us, it was like uh, giving some life after all this trial, you know. But when we are we were screening all the movie, it was great, but too long. We we just couldn't have it like that. We tried to cut step by step. One day we decided to have it really short, and uh, it was better like that. The options we had with the lawyer, Justine asked them to play the same scene but without dialogues uh, when everybody is going out, and uh, she she tried that many times, and it's a really great idea because even if you are not using the whole thing you can have some very great looks, very intense uh, looks from the actors. And we use that. It was not a good idea to cut also the what's happening with the lawyer because it's also really important in the movie. One of the options was to also cut this uh, issue. But I think it's good to, to have that goodbye thing. They are having this hug. Maybe it's starting the emotion for, for the end. I've heard of that idea of shooting an entire scene that has dialogue without the dialogue to use for reactions and pauses. And it's a great idea. I love it. Uh, were there any scenes that you cut entirely parts of the story that you felt didn't need to be told or that you couldn't fit them? There was a scene, a very nice scene with a medium Nick. I don't know the English word for it. A medium? A medium. He was coming in the chalet in the room where Samuel was sleeping. He was uh, seeing a dog vomiting and uh, all this. It was a very nice scene when we had it uh, alone. But in the mechanics of the movie, it was one of the scenes that made Sandra becoming uh, manipulative. It was like she was using this opportunity to invent pills in the vomit and fake memories were coming instead of uh, real memories. We had to cut it uh, because it, it was some of the things to do to maintain some good ambiguity with her. Not too innocent, but not guilty in the first part. I mentioned the snowing scene when they are drinking with the lawyer. Very long scene, very beautiful scene. We had to cut the lightness from Sandra Hiller for the same reason. Those are some great examples. Um, what about the photo montage under the opening credits? It's really interesting because it was really not supposed to be like that. And we had this uh, idea very late in the editing process. In fact, at the beginning, Justine wanted to have a lot of journalists as one character around this affair, around this uh, family. And she wanted to use uh, split screens, such as in the uh, Boston Strangler. Uh, it's a movie she's really uh, fond of. The beginning was supposed to be a, a split screen with the mountains and the boy and the Sandra and the lawyer coming with a car. And it was really complicated. One day we said, OK, only the car, a beautiful shot, only one shot. 
the car uh, of the lawyer uh, arriving and uh, we put some uh, titles uh, on it. It was good, but it was um, a bit boring. Then she found this idea. It could be great to have piano on it, that we hear piano on it, as if the boy was uh, starting piano. So this was beginning to be good. But very late in the editing uh, process, we were looking for an idea to make the audience have some uh, empathy for this family before the movie is starting. And we were asking ourselves, how, how can we do this? Justine had been taking several uh, pictures of uh, all the of the characters, uh, even with the costume design and all this. We used a lot of, a lot of um, pictures from the past of the actors to choose the, the, the best ones. We had some VFX because uh, some of the photos are photos from Archer's and Justin's uh, life, but with the face of uh, Samuel, uh, the, the husband in the movie, you know, or the baby was not there in the, the photograph, but we need a photo with the three of them because uh, we needed uh, this family to, to be uh, in one of those photographs. It was really a creative moment to make this title sequence with pictures that we almost invented. Each, each photo was uh, with VFX, you know. <laughs> One of the pictures that is really important, when the dog is uh, climbing the stairs uh, after the, the body is, uh, is discovered dead with the um, ambulances and uh, all this, uh, we are following the dog with a steady camera. Then he's stopping because he's an animal and uh, he, he didn't go to uh, point B. <laughs> and we are using this stop event to have a photograph of uh, the dead father in the point of view of the dog. And it's, it, the, the same um, picture of the Samuel is the one that we see at the end of the movie. It's just before the last shot when Sandra is uh, laying uh, in the sofa and the dog is coming uh, aside her, you know. That's the idea of the uh, structure at the beginning and at the end, the dog and the, this picture of the Samuel. Tell me a little bit about music and what you tempt with or maybe you didn't tempt. There were never temp music in this movie because we really decided with Justin not to have score music in, in this movie because we wanted the music to be like a character. Uh, it's always diegetic uh, when we have music in the movie. The piano, it was a way for us to build and make the boy exist during the two hours, the, the first hour. Uh, also for our pimp, the, the, the music of the father, it's invasive music at the beginning. It's like the body of the father at the beginning. When the trial is uh, is beginning, we, we go back to this music. <laughs> we start with the music uh, played in the courtroom. And um, I think it's very uh, original. And it is a way for us not to be in a usual uh, thriller, you know, not to have score. We want it to be dry. Was that a challenge for you as an editor, not to rely on that music? For the first part, I was wondering if it was going to work as dry as it is now. Uh, because when we were in the courtroom, I was pretty sure that we won't have uh, the need of the music. But for the first part, because informations are, are given step by step, and uh, we have this strange climate in the house with the boy crying, the mother, we don't know if she's lying or not. I was not sure that it was going to work, but uh, we never tried uh, to put some. And I think it's good. Maybe Justine is going to change, but I think that she had never used a composer, really. She had never uh, been using this. Thank you so much for a great discussion. This is so fascinating. Congratulations. Thank you very much for your great questions and uh, your kind and warm uh, welcome. It's a great show. I'm very happy to have had this uh, chat with you. 
That's it for Out of the Cup this week. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you'd prefer to read this interview with visual support, clips, and trailers, head on over to borisfx.com slash blog slash AOTC, where there's a ton of great expert content for filmmakers of all types. Also, check out my book, Art of the Cut, Conversations with Film and TV Editors for a Topic-Driven Curated Look at the Craft of Editing. Thanks to Laurent Seneschal for joining us on Art of the Cut to discuss the Oscar Best Picture-nominated film, Anatomy of a Fall. And thanks to our partner, Boris FX, and to our sponsor, Jump Desktop. Be sure to check them out at borisfx.com and jumpdesktop.com slash cut. I'm Steve Hallfish, ACE. Thanks for listening, and please tell all the editors and filmmakers that you know that to get more great Art of the Cut interviews every week, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app.